What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Writing by Colby. What's up, everybody? This is David Rivero, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at DRivero1222. It's your boy, Mav Dog. You can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak Double Underscore Kid. Uh, when David sent the link for this Zoom call, I was still in bed. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. And you can also soon find me on Twitter, or you can find some of my stuff on Twitter at Pop Culturist Hub. Follow it. Good stuff coming soon. Again, that's at Pop Culturist Hub. Uh, we realized before we started this podcast that there's NFL football <laughs> next week. I was not even like in the frame of mind to like start looking through divisions and figuring out who's going to win <laughs> divisions. I'm just so not, I'm for whatever reason, much more in the college football mind space than the NFL mind space right now. I'll save you the thinking time. The Browns are winning okay. everything. That's okay. all you need to know. Yeah. That's I, I should have known that was coming. But since we are in the college football mindset, let's talk about college football. Let's talk about Carolina. Carolina has a game next Saturday. Um, thanks, Syracuse, for breaking our noon streak. I'm blaming the, <laughs> our no noon game streak. I'm blaming this entirely on Syracuse. Mm. Probably. Mm-hmm. The line for this game is 20 and a half right now. FPI has us as 85.4% chance. Um favorites Syracuse is struggling they aren't projected to be very good we should win this game those are the dangerous ones yeah should be a nice game though because of like the projected kind of results and there's been a lot of issues with Syracuse kind of like in their offseason all their protocols with the COVID with COVID-19 in mind with their practices were they the team Um, that was sharing masks I think they might have been and like I said, they've, just, they've been bottom half of the ACC for a couple of years now. I mean, they had the, some spurts like they beat Clemson, well, three years ago now. Um, they've definitely had spurts, but they're still definitely struggling. So I think this is a good game ultimately for Carolina to be able to make some mistakes. I think it's also a good game to really test some of the depth that we have, especially things like the secondary, the defensive line, maybe even the offensive line, because – as we've known plenty well in the years past, it's all about having players that can come in and be reliable in case someone gets hurt. And so I think this provides an opportunity to see who are the real production where it's going to come from uh, this season. Sorry, I don't want to slander Syracuse. That was Virginia Tech that was sharing mass. Um, Ah, Yeah, Syracuse is going to struggle a lot this season. I am concerned. I'm not concerned about the offense for Carolina. I think the offense is going to move just fine. I would be concerned, even if this was like the best defense ever, which it should be a pretty good defense. The linebackers and DBs are going to be very, very good. The defensive line is a bit of a question just because we lost so much, especially in the middle of the defensive line. I am concerned about tackling because it's hard to be good at tackling if you haven't been doing it. So that's what I'm concerned about. And it's a common thing. I mean, when you, even with a regular off season, first you, you, it's like a slow progression where you do no touch, then touch, then pads, and then full contact. 
and then really it's not a whole lot of time between that and you see for a lot of teams in those first two games where they're missing tackles they're not being able to get full grips on players and it, it is causing like negative plays on the defense so and then you take the reduced schedule that we had now because of the virus and everything I could definitely see that being a potential problem I think if there's going to be any problems it'll probably be on run defense because they've Coach Brown, Jay Bate, and all of them have said that the secondary is probably one of the strongest teams uh, or position groups on the entire team. Yeah, hopefully we get a, a little no-fly zone going in, in Chapel Hill this year. No fans at the stadium. Uh, they are going to – they are selling cardboard cutouts, however. Oops. <laughs> I like that we said that in unison. We'll um I didn't we'll realize it was in the alumni music. group. Whatever. We'll we'll put that we'll put some hold music on what, what we just talked about. If you didn't hear about it yet, congrats. <laughs> Elsewhere in college football. So there is games happening as we're recording on a Saturday, actually, not a Sunday like we normally do. Um, Do we have a normal day anymore? Let's be honest. I mean, our normal day was Sunday. So. Days of the week don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, time is a a construct. It's a social construct. It's a social construct. There, um, right now we have Eastern Eastern Kentucky and Marshall. Later we have Army Middle Tennessee, SMU Texas State, Houston Baptist, North Texas, Arkansas State, Memphis, FS Austin, and UTEP. And then on Monday, BYU and Navy. So the big hitters don't come into play until next week where everyone that's playing is playing for the most part next week, as in like the Power Five. Mm -hmm. Wake Forest is taking on Clemson at home. I don't know what at home means anymore. Does it mean anything? Does it not mean anything? (laughs) I'm just not sure. Honestly... Do teams that aren't having – okay, have y'all heard anything about if the teams that are allowing fans are going to be able to pump in crowd noise? Uh, I don't know. Because um, – also, David, we can't hear you right now. I feel like it's kind of an advantage for the teams that are being able to pump in crowd noise to just, like, crank it when they're on defense and then have well, Is there a limit stuff. to how loud you can make it? I mean, based on, like, the other things that I've been – like, other stuff around other leagues, it sounds, like, dynamic. It doesn't sound like just a, a murmur the entire ta- time. Well, yeah, but I don't think that the pumped-in crowd noise compares to, like, a f- sold-out crowd on a regular football game. I don't know. We need to ask the Falcons if it makes any difference when you pump in crowd noise. But I also am not sure why – any schools are doing like reduced capacity because I feel like that's just I don't know it's not worth the money to have to staff an entire stadium if you're not going to be able to sell the seats that's the part that doesn't make sense to me um I don't think there are any 
big matchups next week. It seems that everyone's having like their besides the ACC is doing their week one. Like Texas is playing UTEP. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oklahoma is playing Missouri State. There's just not that many great games going on next week, but it's real football. So, should we move on to the NBA? Can y'all still not hear me? I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Do you have any football takes now that we can? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. Y'all, y'all covered it, but I couldn't. For some reason, my mic wasn't picking me up. We're good now. All right. Um, let's talk about Mykonos Kid Gilchrist first. Um, the Bucks are getting <laughs> slapped around by the Heat, and it's a, it's a little funny. <laughs> this is why we're not sports pundits, because three of us picked the Bucks to go to the NBA Finals. Hey, I changed down. my mind before <laughs> before we got to this point. <laughs> now they're down zero to three against the Miami Heat. My uh, my Raptors pick doesn't look. Gr- it looks better, but not great right now. <laughs> I think the Heat just had – or not the Heat, the East has more good teams than we thought. I think that the top four teams in the East are just all good teams. I just didn't expect this kind of output from the Heat. Like, I don't know why. Like, I guess I just didn't pay attention during the year because I was like, yeah, I mean, the Heat, like, they'll be middle of the pack and maybe make it to the second round, but they won't make – they can't beat, like, Toronto or Boston or, or Milwaukee. And now they're like – slapping the crap out of everybody in front of them. They still have not lost in the playoffs. 7-0. I mean, they have two dudes that can muscle Giannis. Like, it's not about the length. They're just – like, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are strong enough to not um... – They've got Jay Crowder too, right? And Jay Crowder, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brick house. <laughs> They're just some beefy boys. Um it's it's hard for Giannis to like you can't just maneuver around them, right? Um, and it's like it's Giannis's shot doesn't warrant people attacking him on the perimeter, and then they're loading up the paint and daring other people to beat them, and they very much are not like Chris Middleton, like Brooke Lopez, and we're gonna talk about minutes. I'm assuming in a second, but like Brooke Lopez. I think was their leading either the leading score and leader in minutes or maybe just their leader in minutes. Both. But I, yeah, okay, so both. That you they cannot win that way. Yeah, he um 38 minutes, 22 points. Giannis had 21 points on 21 shots. Seven missed threes. It's Giannis isn't a good enough shooter to be the focal point of an offense that can beat that can win in the playoffs i think so in that case would you go would you agree with richard jefferson's tweet that caught fire over the weekend where he was talking about where perhaps Giannis needs his own uh jordan where in fact he would be a pippin in his offense I th- the, the pippin slander is a lot like like pippin was a good player like a, yeah a he was a really player. good player but I also think that Giannis is closer to a Shaq than a Pippen. He's a Shaq that needs a Kobe. Yeah. He, need, he needs someone dangerous on the perimeter and that can drive so he can – so the team can spread out the floor. Because quite frankly, other than Chris Middleton, like who else shoots well on, on the Bucks? Because they have Eric, – not Eric Gordon. Um, I always forget his name. What's his name? They have Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, the one that said, I don't want to be here. Um, <laughs> they have George Hill too, but like – George, George Hill, Hill can't get his own shot. Yeah. 
they don't have anybody who can go hunting, <laughs> you know, and someone who commands defensive attention that can at least briefly bring it away from bring it away from Giannis. And like you look at the Heat, they have Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler can succeed because Bam can get into the paint and yam it on anybody. And then you have Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and um Oh, I forget. I don't know if Jay Crowder starts, but um, Duncan Robinson. Uh, right, but they got they Derek got shooters. Derek yeah. Jones, like they've got people. He's on the, the high flyer. Yeah, they got people that can make shots. But also at the end of the game, Jimmy Butler is a dog. Like he, you could just give him the ball, and it, you could just give him the ball, and let him work. And I don't know if the Bucks have that guy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess Giannis might just need a young playmaking player that can make their own shot and can do well in the half court, which can facilitate him in transition play. I wouldn't know of anyone in particular that might be able to do something like that, but who knows? For sure not in, um, not in Texas. Nope, not at all. That also has a seven foot three player too that can rim run along with Giannis, but who knows? I don't know. Can you have, can you have Porzingis and, and Giannis on the same team? Right now, uh, in 2021, we could. No, but, but I mean, like, do they fit on the floor together? Oh, I think they could. I think we could. could. We I, mean, could I, I think Giannis could play the three technically and be the wing, or, or even Porzingis because he's a better shooter, and then put Giannis at the four, and we would have Maxi Kleba at the five. I mean, that's I would, how you do it. How much would you want a three that can't shoot, though? Well, we have Luka, and we probably have Seth Curry – um, so we have plenty. We would have plenty, and we have Porzingis. So we'd have plenty of shooting. For the Mavericks' sake, I think you try to to shop. Um, what's his face? You, you try to shop Porzingis if you if you really want oh. Giannis. You, you try to get rid of Porzingis. I have thought about that, and I, I I hate to say it, but I think that it could very well. If something were, like that were to happen, I think Porzingis might have to be a part of the deal. But I, I would rather not. Books-wise, we would still have Luca still on his rookie deal by 2021, so we wouldn't have to worry about getting both his and Giannis's max contract next year. But I think it's possible. But I think Miami, too, is a good team. If Giannis had someone like a Jimmy Butler, that was just – so I, I think I see what you're saying, like where you might put him more maybe a Shaq-Kobe kind of comparison where someone no. just dominant size-wise and then needs a shooter that does – so because – I think the true comparison was Scottie Pippen truly is a, was a, a Hall of Fame player, one of the best players of all time. And I don't think it was a one to one comparison because I don't think anything can match what Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen was. I think what it was trying to say was basically have that cold blooded shooter that can take that last shot because right now Giannis can't take that last shot. What's the. Well, I think that's just. Go ahead. It's a perception that exists until it doesn't. Like, I just don't like a comparison like that because, like, people said LeBron wasn't clutch until he started being clutch. People said Dean Smith couldn't get it done until he got it done. People said Roy Williams couldn't win a championship until he won three championships in 15 years. Yeah, it's something but Giannis is You say that they can't do it until they can, and then you look dumb when they can. It's very infrequent that someone at that caliber just legitimately can't. But Giannis isn't LeBron. And I don't think he has to be LeBron. I don't think that – I feel like he, what Giannis does is better served as a Shaq than as someone who you want to 
take the last shot. I, I think yeah. it's, I don't know. I see what you're saying, though. What I'm saying is just like making a blanket statement like that is just irresponsible because there are blanket statements that are made because the person hasn't done it yet. And when they do it, that perception changes. It's also predicated on him having a jump shot, though. Like, and I just have it like how he's 25, he's still young, and he still has time to develop it, but it just looks ugly. Like, it's just ugly. Dang. Like, he, he, next year. Like, he, he, <laughs> he, he has some super bricks when he shoots. Um, but is, but on the heat, on the going to the heat thing, um, is, is there has to be like a pride factor. Like, if you get swept by the heat, like, there's no way that you can then go to the heat, right? Like, kinda it's kind of like a like, KD move. You go it's to like the team it, to beat you. It's kind of like a KD move, but... And the, and the heat aren't even, like, Warriors level. And he would... Yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know. I have to mentally grapple with that. I'd have to grapple with that because I I would see it... His situation is not as dire as LeBron's situation in his first stint in Cleveland. Um, because LeBron was not going to win a championship in Cleveland um, the way that that organization was being run. And it's hard for me to see Giannis winning a championship right now. I think there are roster moves that can be made that can change that up. And I don't think that Mike Budenholzer is a terrible coach, but he's a – He's a Roy Williams that he has his system and he's going to run his system. And even when the system doesn't work, he's going to run his system. And I don't know if that's the type of coach that Giannis needs right now. Mm-hmm. You mean they really should plays. have kept Malcolm Brogdon. Mm, yeah. Maybe. And like Giannis playing what? He's like averaging 28, 30 minutes, something like that. Yeah. He played 35 yesterday though. But it, it's just – that's not – That's low. That's that's very low for your star a, player. A, a franchise superstar player. That's very low. A projected MVP winner. That's going to – dude, he's going to have to accept defensive player of the year potentially and MVP over a Zoom call <laughs> because he's out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a step back and talk about um, – and talk about Rockets – um, Thunder, that game seven. <laughs> yeah, game seven. Oh my! The, the that last game. minute and a half sequence <laughs> was the most like out of control, frenetic thing I I think I've ever seen. We all at least came three to learn stops love. in that last minute. We have literally what is, did they say? The the quarter took forty eight or fifty minutes to complete. Oh yeah, because I was looking at my clock and I was like, oh this. It's like eleven thirty, and it's like three minutes left. This is about to be um, it's gonna be a chill. I'll be able to go to bed at a sensible time, um, and then, um, I wasn't. <laughs> I was not in bed at a sensible time. I think Chris Paul, when he gets done with the NBA, needs to teach a course on persuasion and negotiation because whatever he tells refs, they believe him <laughs> for some reason because they will they will look at almost anything that he calls out. That was a super fun game. Um, Lucas Dort, welcome to the NBA. Six of 12 from three. Almost a savior of the Thunder. 
until um, for the third time in his life, James Harden decided to play defense. <laughs> what an anticlimactic ending. Like, of all people, like, I know the Rocks can play good defense in crunch time like that, but you're still just going to get it to Steven Adams, who can't even, who doesn't even get the ball up. That's, and not to mention, right, but they called that timeout right before. I mean, at least then, Steven Adams was wide open. If they would have just lobbed it to the basket, there was never, no one covering that side of the floor. All it would have done is to lob it to him, and he could have laid it right up. Yeah, I don't know what Stephen Adams' plan was um, <laughs> running, running to the ball there. Like, that's that, just, like, game awareness. Like, run to the rim. You're playing the Rockets. You have P.J. Tucker on you. This, this like, habit of centers going out to the perimeter needs to chill. <laughs> like, that's not how you make your money, big fella. But it might need to be, I mean, if, if they're going to continue to be viable stars or at least marketable with teams right now because here we have a Rockets team that is playing pure small ball where P.J. Tucker is their center at what, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and, and beat the Lakers in the second I'm, round. I'm, I'm almost positive he's 6'5". <laughs> yeah, I think it might be 6'5". And almost neutralized Anthony Davis who has at least six inches on him. I am... Um... I feel like the Lakers are going to be fine. I feel like it's another like weird game one. Mike D'Antoni is another one of those coaches like Mike Budenholzer where he has his system and he's going to run his system. And um, even if it doesn't work, he's going to keep running it. Also, I just confirmed he is 6'5". And he there's going to come a time in the series where the Rockets are going to be jacking up 25 threes and they're going to miss 24 of them. And that, cause that's just what they do. They despise the mid range and you can as much it's th- as I it's threes and layups. It's threes and layups basically. And it's, he's trying to Mike D'Antoni. Like I say this, like with respect, he's trying to break basketball. Um, and I feel like he might be getting too smart for his own good with his refusal to change in the playoffs. I'm not sure. I mean, at least right now it's working. It's working against what we thought was going to be the team to come out of the West. Yeah, but it was also working against the Warriors. With it. What was it? Was it last year or two years ago when they missed 20, 20 something threes in a row? Because I think that was a game seven, right? Perhaps. Now, like I said, I just feel like they have so many more pieces now that they've added in these two years. Like I said, you get Westbrook now. That I mean, that he's going to be a lot better now. He, I mean, definitely don't trust him on the threes every single time, but very explosive to the basket. Like they're, Then they have so many cast, like role players that do really well and shoot really well if they're going to be wide open. So, I mean, it works right now. I... I am concerned about James Harden in the playoffs because he has times where he disappears. And when he disappears, he has to give the ball to Russell Westbrook, who is a walking wild card. And you, you might be able to ride him all, like all the way, um, all the way down in this series, but you don't know what's going to happen when he gets the ball with um, 17 seconds left in the game on the line. You have no clue what's going to happen. 
and maybe that's what you want. You just want to have a wild card out there, and maybe it's um, maybe it's a firework, and maybe it's a dud. Yeah, I mean, so do you think like that small ball might be good in a temporary sense, or do you think it's a viable system for teams to use going forward? I don't think it's a viable system going forward because, like, yeah, it's something that works, but it's something that when it doesn't work, you're going to get smacked down hard. And I feel like there are changes a lot of the time in sports where it's like there's a generational player that causes things to change around him and everything becomes developed around that centerpiece and then another centerpiece happens and there's another dramatic shift. So, like, it might be a temporary shift, but small ball isn't going to be a permanent thing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Or essentially, you need it. You need to have every single person 100% committed to that system for it to work. Yes. Like, like Warriors two, three years ago. Like pre-KG Warriors. The triple option of the, uh, yeah. the NBA. Like Army and all the triple option teams. Like Carolina running transition offense, things like that. I um, think it needs to be a tool in your tool shed. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, when we talk about, like, I know that you brought up, like, does is this going to change the NBA? I feel like the Warriors kind of started that process. I think the Houston Rockets are, like, a far extreme of that process. But at the end of the day, I think, like, not every team is going to have a Steph Curry. Not every team is going to have a James Harden who can bail you out with 40-foot bombs. Like, it's it would be – I would be remiss to say that they don't get bailed out by the fact that James Harden won – is a great offensive player who's really savvy and two gets fouled a lot. And that helps mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and I just don't know how successfully other teams can run that uh, without that kind of offensive explosion potential with James Harden. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be remiss in saying that this year's Rockets are like the final culmination of Mike D'Antoni's seven seconds or less Phoenix teams in the mid it's, it's his final form. Like this is his final form. <laughs> this is the final evolution of that offense. I, it's just hard for me to see a winning team that plays that with a six, seven center. And it might be a thing like Aaron said, where you say it can't be done until it's done. But I just think that the bigs that they're going to be going up against, like Anthony Davis, if he wakes up, like Anthony Davis should be having his way with P.J. Tucker. Um, No, he has – P.J. Tucker has no business defending someone like Anthony Davis. And I think when you get to the playoffs, dominant bigs are more valuable than they are in the regular season because the fouls aren't called as tightly, um, even though that – might change in the bubble. I don't know. Uh, the, the, the <laughs> I don't know. There's been are, a lot of fouls this bubble. I know. And technical fouls. And I, I feel like as the game gets more physical, it helps to have someone bigger down there. I don't know. There are more series. I don't care about the the Nuggets and Clippers. I I I negative care about the Nuggets and Clippers. Hey, it's screw it's screw the Clippers for me. So. <laughs> Like, obviously, the, the, the Clippers are a, a great team, and they have Kawhi, and they have PG. And if they, it would not surprise me to see them in the NBA Finals. But there's just, like, something about them. And it'll watch Kawhi, like, be, like, Mr., like Terminator, Mr. Fantastic, whatever he is. 
and prove me wrong. But like, there's just something about them that I feel isn't quite right. And I don't know what it is. Obviously they're going to beat down the nuggets, but like whether it's the Lakers or the Rockets, I don't know if they'll make it past that. I'll say it. There's one person basically on that team that actually has championship pedigree and the rest of the team's acting like they're like going for us. They're going for their third NBA championship in a row. Patrick Beverly. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what it is for both the Rockets and, and for the Clippers. Also, I had never heard Montrez Harrell talk, and I did not realize he had, like, a really strong lisp. And it's just, like, super, super – like, I'm just – like, having a lisp is awesome. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a lisp. It's just really funny to be, like, imagining this hulking dude, like, asking refs for fouls in that voice. It was just really funny. <laughs> um, Raptor Celtics. Um, our takes, David, were almost in the trash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were it so was close in, to get the trash. It was in the gutter. <laughs> It was in the gutter, but OG Ananobi put the team on his wrist. <laughs> and but, so, so hold on. So we talked about all the time. We were burned as UNC fans. And we were like, we've been, we've heard guard the inbounder in our heads since 2016. Like that's been in our heads, like guard the inbounder, guard the inbounder. And they guarded the inbounder. And in that situation where you have 0.5 seconds left, like what? Like I, that situation, I would understand if you don't guard the inbounder. Like they would not have enough time for them to bounce it, kick it back out to the inbounder for him to shoot. Why do you not have five on four? Like defending. Yeah, just has, you guard. You put everybody on somebody, and then have someone in the middle as like free safety. Yeah, exactly. Just to go to the ball wherever it goes. Um, no, I get that. I, for me, it's less guard the inbounder and more find the trailer. Um, it just so happens that the inbounder is the one that's trailing the play that's going to rip our hearts out every time. Um, but no, I totally get that. If it's a catch and shoot situation, definitely, um, yeah, go five on four. Um, the Celtics elected to go with that cowardly zone. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and credit to Kyle Lowry because he made a fantastic pass over Taco Fall all the way into the corner to find OG in, in a OG shooting pocket. Yeah, like, that's, that's, nuts. that's a great That's pass. absolutely freaking nuts. <laughs> but like at the same time, like you have to, you have to be more aware. Like Jalen Brown, like just, I, I was watching the replay and J- Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both were way out of place on that one. Like, they let OG run to the corner and nobody picked him up. I hate that the Celtics team is so likable. They are likable. I I can't stand the Celtics, but this team is really likable. They're Um, the (laughs) anti-Clippers. They they are the anti-Clippers. They they look really good right now. Everyone in the East looks really good besides the Bucks. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone, but except at this time, the Bucks came out of the East. Also, the, the Javante Williams fumble just happened on the Duke-Carolina game. Oh. Oh, man, it's looking rough for everybody. It's looking <laughs> rough for UNC. <laughs> Wonder what's going to happen. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's – so the quality of the bubble games have been really good. I don't know if you all – I've really enjoyed watching the, the NBA playoff yeah. games. I mean, someone made the point when you take, what, the – the eight worst teams and remove them from play, 
and it's the top 16 or it's 22 teams, you're probably going to get some quality basketball. Yeah, for sure. Shall we move to NFL? I guess. We almost forgot about it, but. I almost forgot about it. There's real NFL football coming up. Um, today's cut day. Teams are getting down to 53 people. Um, the Titans may or may not be getting Jadavian Clowney. It's literally been a, just a – it's Schrodinger's Clowney. I don't know, for the past three or four months. I um, So the big cuts that have happened today, Josh Rosen got cut from the Dolphins. Um, and I just feel so bad for the dude. I feel like he's just had a, a really rough shake in the NFL. Uh, Adrian Peterson got released from the Washington football team. He'll get picked up somewhere, I feel like. He better because he has bills to pay. Um, <laughs> he's, not, <laughs> he's not still doing this for the love of the game. He got some people he needs to pay. <laughs> Let's see. I think the Patriots cut Lamar Miller. Decent running back. They did. They just that cut him this, this past from, uh, afternoon. the Texans. Um, I oh. Like um, Laquan Treadwell got cut. Speaking of the Texans, this morning, Deshaun Watson signed a four-year, $160 million contract. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in it for the long haul in Houston. Um, God help his soul. Uh, with Bill O'Brien as his coach. Yeah, see, like I said, I, I, I don't feel that scared about that move right now at all. They got to get some more pieces before I'm starting to worry again. Yeah, one of those pieces being a general manager and a coach. Um, Mav, what are your thoughts for the Titans this season? Have you been able to, like, think about <laughs> what what the Titans season might look like? Um, I, I, I don't really expect this. I think last year, I think we just kind of had a really nice spark, had, our, had a nice Cinderella kind of moment in the playoffs where we, we made the AFC Championship. I mean, I think Derrick Henry is going to be Derrick Henry if he stays healthy. We, we still have a very solid offensive line. I think I, – I, like I said, I think we're always going to be kind of like that middle-of-the-pack thing until we add a couple more pieces. So, I mean, I still think we're going to be somewhere in like the 8-8 eight and eight to maybe 10-6 and six level at the very most. But I think we're, we're still going to be just fine. I think now that we're, they're adding the extra playoff spot, I feel a lot more confident in our chances each year because I think we have a strong chance to win the AFC South this year. So, I, I'm, like I said, I think we, I mentioned this last week on the pod. I think at this point, kind of like how it was in the NBA, everybody's playing to lose to the Chiefs. So, at this point, it's just playing for the love of the game. Aaron, I'm assuming the Browns are going to the Super Bowl, yes? Yes. How do you know? <laughs> do you have any more takes besides Browns to the Super Bowl? Um, I think the offense is hopefully going to be hugely improved this year because we don't have an incompetent Freddie Kitchens. He was so um, bad. He was so we, bad. We got a piece of the offensive line. We got Austin Hooper. So, like, we made some big improvements, and we're going to have the two-headed monster all season at running back of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Baker turn back to rookie form as opposed to sophomore form. Um, David, Panthers. We need a tank for Lawrence. <laughs> tank for Trevor. Um, 
No, see, I mean, so listen, like there has been so much turnover from a leadership and a and a personnel perspective and the coaching. Like this is a brand new football team. Like this is now David Tepper's football team. It's no longer like it, it like for better or worse, the 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 Jerry Richardson era is over and the David Tepper era has started. And I'm just really hoping that my initial feelings about Matt Rule are not correct. Because <laughs> I don't have a very good opinion of him right now. And it's like, and that's not based on any coaching yet. And he very well may turn out to be a great coach and he may take us to the Super Bowl or whatever. But just some of the things that he says and the way he's been like, kind of facetious about cam i just don't i don't have a good opinion of him right now so maybe he'll prove me wrong as the as the games go by i just don't expect the panthers to win many games um it, like teddy like there's nothing i like teddy bridgewater he is a likable quarterback but the way that cam got booted out and him kind of got like he got put in put a bad taste in my mouth and it has nothing to do with Teddy. Um, that's not his fault. And I, I hope that he does well. And we still have Christian McCaffrey and our O-line is still trash. Like it has been for the past 10 years. Our defensive line is, has some, has some, has some players on it. I, we have a rookie. Um, um, oh, I forgot his name Derek already. Brown. Derek Brown. I almost called him Desmond Brown. We, we still have Kawan short. Um, and we have uh, Brian Burns. So, like, there's some depth of defensive line, but we have no secondary. Eric Linebackers. Or linebackers. Like, Reed has got – like, Jer- he was saying – like, Matt Rule was saying Jeremy Chin will be getting lots of play in time. And no disrespect to Jeremy Chin. He could be great. But, like, that does not bring me any faith. <laughs> like, at all. Um, so, we are – our defense will be questionable at best. I don't foresee the offense – having the same types of struggles just because we still have DJ Moore. We still have Curtis Samuel. We still have, is Jarius Wright still on the team? I don't even know. I'm not sure. Um, they literally just released a 53 minute roster. I could look if yeah. I wanted to. So, so there is a ton of potential on offense, but our defense, I feel like is what's going to be our, our, our killer. Yeah. I, um, I think this team is actually going to surprise people. I think they might get to the 6-7 win range just because I really think the offense is going to be good, legitimately good. It very well could happen, yeah. Um, The defense is just so young. They are young and little. I don't – Dante Dante Jackson is our our CB1, and he was inconsistent at best last year. Not saying that he doesn't have the potential. He has the athleticism. He has the mind for it. Um, he has that like dog in him that, that, um, that Josh Norman had kind of a little bit in him, but like, man, there are just some issues. So let's, um, let's do this. Let's predict division winners. So we will just go down the line, starting with Aaron AFC East, who wins the division. Um, I'll say the Pats. Maverick, Patriots, Bills, Jets, Dolphins. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm, I might say the Bills. 
I don't think that's a bad take. Yeah. I don't think that's I, a bad I, I, take. I, 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 just, I need to stop doing the, the easy picks. I'm going to go with the Bills. I still am in the camp of it's the Patriots until it's not. That's fair. Good answer. <laughs> Smart answer. <laughs> David, you're, so you're going Patriots? Yep. And I love Cam. I love Cam Newton so much. I, I I'm also him. going Patriots, um, but that Bills defense is nasty. Um, so we'll see. Um, I I don't know what – I still am in the camp. Josh Allen is better than people think he is. Um, yeah, no, he's a, he's a really great quarterback. The jump it, pass it, is coming, by again, the way. Again, it's just so where I mean, I, there's not too many weapons, and that's just the main thing. Um, Yeah. They need to use Josh Allen like um, Carolina used Cam early in his career, and that is a much um, better offense, I think. Mm-hmm. AFC North, Aaron. You know I mean, my answer. The, okay. Um, Browns are going <laughs> 16 and <laughs> uh, Ravens. And Ravens. Ravens. My thing with the Ra- the Ravens are going to take a step back. They are not going 14 and 2. Yeah, that's my. There's no way Lamar is as good again. There's no way the whole team is as good again. No, I just they, don't see. I don't think Joe Burrow has a all world season and lifts them up. I don't think Pittsburgh goes any further. They're they're stagnant. I think until Ben Roethlisberger leaves. They're just no mention of Cleveland out your mouth because you know they're winning the division. No, I don't even have to say anything about the Browns because because <laughs> what? Uh, go on, go on. Fishbowl. Bottom of the fishbowl. <laughs> Bottom of the fishbowl. We were six and ten last year, and we were awful. Yeah, we're I remember. Not that. awful, hey, that's I'll, ten more wins if we're not awful. There, there was only there, hey, there there was only one game that mattered to me, and it was that week one game. How'd that one? Yeah, go? that was week one. We kicked the shit out of the Ravens. <laughs> we beat them in the playoffs. So, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, exactly. That, I'm saying that we're going to win the division. <laughs> um. For me, the Ravens were so ridiculously efficient. I don't think they're going to be able to repeat that. But I also don't know what's left of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm still going to take the Ravens. I mean, I want to see Ebron do really well for him, though. Like I said, yeah. Pittsburgh's a really good team for tight ends, and so I, I want him to really be successful. I hope Switzer gets more playing time, too. AFC South, Aaron. Tennessee, begrudgingly. Because I'm willing to admit when my friends' teams are good, unlike certain people on this podcast. (laughs) Maverick. I hate to say it. I think the – I'm going to say that Phil Rivers has like a a fresh season. I think I'm going to give it to the Colts. David. Um, I think the Titans can build off of what they were doing, and I I think they have a a good shot as anybody to win the the division. Uh. I actually don't think the Titans are going to build off their doing. I still think the Titans are going to make the playoffs. Um, but the Titans were, again, like the Ravens, towards the end of the season, ridiculously efficient in a way that I don't think is repeatable. Like, I think, Mav, y'all's red zone efficiency was, like, historic. Oh, if we get, <laughs> like, no, if we made the end zone, it's, it's, you might as well just go ahead and put the board up and let's go to the kickoff. Yeah, it's um, not to mention we just signed Goskowski too, which I'm very excited about. If he recovers from his hip injury, I'm so excited about that because we gave him peanuts, and so he's one of the best kickers in the league, even coming off that injury. 
and no offense, you're not going to be that efficient in the red zone again. It's no. it's Is mathematically it, not going to happen. <laughs> we have to regress to the mean. So yeah, Chazzeret <laughs> with the interception, we win. The starfish interception just went all the way out. Also, Tannehill had astronomical numbers at the end of the season too, like over over a seventy percent completion percentage on passes. Like you have to be extraordinarily good to be able to, to maintain that kind of stuff. So like I said, that's why I definitely have like a same kind of area, like an eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe same kind of season as last. But I still think that in a weaker conference like the AFC South, I still think that's going to get us into the playoffs. But like I said, I think for whatever reason, this like Philip has like is one like Brett Favre of Minnesota year, like where he gets that newfound energy. It just t- comes down to the fact if, 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 if his line can defend him around because if he can be in the pocket, he is a pretty good quarterback. AFC West, Aaron. I will take Kansas City. Math. Yeah, this is uh, it's not a question. It's, it's at, the, at least at the, right now, unless Patrick Mahomes goes down or they have major injury issues, it's Kansas City's. It's Kansas City's to lose. Come on, like been, there's no delusions here. Like. I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders. No, I'm taking the, <laughs> the Chiefs. Knock if you're with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the NFC East, Aaron. I hate John Gruden, bro. Like, I really hate John Gruden. <laughs> oh, wait, have you been watching Hard Knocks? No, that's just what that's what he did when he was on Hard Knocks. <laughs> I know, but Sean McVay sounds like a little John Gruden. <laughs> does he? <laughs> yes, oh, he really no. does. Um, but Aaron, NFC East. NFC East, I will say Dallas. Maverick. I think it's either Dallas or the Eagles. I'm going to go Dallas. David. Dark Horse, the Giants. Okay. Daniel Daniel Jones makes the <laughs> makes the step forward. Saquon Barkley, beast, gonna step it up, lead the league in rushing. When Danny did. Dimes. Danny Dimes. Um Yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys too. I think the Cowboys are gonna be really good next year. That's that's the smart pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the division I have literally no clue. The NFC North. Oh god. Ooh. I, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. They just named Mitchell Trubisky starting quarterback. Of course, they're gonna win. How bad was Nick Foles? Good Lord. I know. <laughs> no, I think it's because Ryan Pace knows that his job is tied to Mitchell Trubisky's success, and if they admit that he fails, that he isn't starting over Nick Foles, then that's his job right there. I think they're. I think this is the year that they're banking on him making that finally making that step forward and making him worth that number two pick. I don't see it happening as much as I love Mitch, but it's what it is. Let Mitch run. Get him outside the pocket. Run like literally every play. Do what the Titans did if he's if he, he's not throwing unless it's play action. <laughs> Just fake a handoff literally every time and get him get him running. Um, I guess if I had I I don't know. My guess is what, Minnesota, is, this, like, is this Bears, like Minnesota, Green Bay, and Detroit. Green Bay? Yeah, Detroit. Detroit. I, I honestly could see the division winner having a losing record out of this division. Really? Ooh, even the Packers? Interesting. I just think the division sucks. That, yeah. That's a that's a 
hot take. Yeah. But I also don't think it's unbased. <laughs> no. I mean, I think Minnesota is a solid team too. I, I would probably go with Minnesota. Um, David. Uh, I just don't believe in Kirk Cousins, but I also don't believe in Mitch Trubisky, and I also don't Boy. believe that Aaron Rodgers is the same as he has been. I just forgot about that. Stephon Diggs is on the Bills now, is he not? He's on the Bills. Holy, I did yeah, forget to. Yeah, so I'm definitely solidifying my Bills pick. Holy crap. Yeah, I also forgot that he was on the Bills now. But, man, I just – there's no – and, like, Matt Stafford is going to put up numbers. He always, he's always, he put, always he, puts up numbers. He always puts up numbers, and that never translates to, to, to wins on the team. Um, oh, man. I mean, Matt I'm just going to – wild. Less good Matt Ryan. <laughs> I mean, just, like, off the top, I would say – Oh, they're all so bad. Um, <laughs> I like Aaron's take about them all having a losing record. It's going to be like the, the NFC uh, East a couple of years ago. Um, or when the Panthers <laughs> make the playoffs at 7-8-1. <laughs> um, man, I'm going to go – I'm going to say the Bears based off of the fact that their defense might carry them. I don't think it's going to be as historic as it was the last two years, but – We'll see. I'm going with the Packers. I'm not counting against um, Aaron Rodgers two years in a row. Um, but like Aaron said earlier in his podcast, we all said Kirk Cousins couldn't do it until he did it against um, – was it against the Saints, right? Yeah. Um, you that, like that. That beautiful ball in overtime. Um so maybe something's changed. I don't know. I don't think so, but I've been wrong before. Um, I, I'm going with Green Bay, though. NFC South. I'll take New Orleans. I think Tampa's going to be good, but I don't think that they're going to live up to expectation. It's just people are expecting way too much out of them. I think that's fair. I, I think it is the Saints team to lose to, um, but – like I said, I think Tampa Bay could very well if, – if they could click very quickly, it could very well be Tampa Bay's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that both of those teams are going to win 12 games. Um, David. I forgot what division we're in. Which one? AFC South. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll go Saints. I don't think the Falcons will, will be anything. I think, I think it'll probably be Panthers, Panthers in last place. Probably like fourth or third. Um, and then I can see the um, the Falcons in either third or fourth. So, like, it'll be a toss-up between them. And um, I don't – I until I see it, I don't believe in the Bucks. So, the, I'll say Bucks second, and then I'll say Saints win the division. I'm just so interested to see Tom Brady with an offensively-minded coach. I'm just – Anxious yeah. to see how that looks. That's what I was about to say. Is like Bruce Arians might be running some wild stuff um, this upcoming year. I have no clue what the Bucks' defense is. Um, I'm also going with the Saints. Um, I think the – oh, there are three playoff slots. I was going to say I don't think the Bucks make the playoffs, but with three playoff yeah, slots – Yeah, I think, I think NFC South part. has two representatives in the playoffs. Um. I don't think the Falcons are making the playoffs. No. Um, and then lastly, the best division in football, the NFC West. Aaron. I'll take the Niners. 
Yeah, so yeah. It's Niners, Seahawks, Arizona. And Rams. And I don't Rams. think that there's much explanation there. Like, Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they are bringing back a lot of pieces. I think the Niners are a safe choice. They're, Seahawks, that Niners-Seahawks game last year was one, probably one of the best games all year long. Yeah. The regular season game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think, even with uh, the Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins, I still think that they're on the outside looking in. So with Kyler Murray, I think the Rams, again, are another team that's just becoming stagnant at this point. I think it comes down to the Seahawks and Niners. I, I think go with Jimmy G still with the 49ers. Um, David. Um, I'll go Niners, but I think the Cardinals make it competitive. Um, I think we're going to have four 10-6 teams in the, in the NFC West. Um, they're just all pretty good. I think the Cardinals defense is going to take a step up this year. Um, just because they were so bad last year, there's not much worse they can get. Um, I'm going with the Seahawks out of the NFC West. I know there are a lot of question marks on that team, but Russell Wilson is magic, and um, I don't that's know. True. There's no logic there. My my logic is Russell Wilson is magic. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad take. Um, so who do you have coming out of the AFC, Aaron? You know my answer. Okay, um, Maverick. Who do you have coming out of the AFC? Kansas City. Um, David. Uh, we might get the can. We finally get the. I think we'll get a Kansas City, uh, Baltimore AFC Championship, but Kansas City still wins. Uh, I'll go. I'll go Kansas City as well. I think that the, I think Kansas City is going to make a, a a couple runs at the Super Bowl in the next two three years. I agree. Um, in the NFC, um, what are you thinking, Aaron? In the NFC. Sneaky competitive. The the NFC has gotten super competitive in the last couple of years. Yeah, it has. <sighs> I am torn between New Orleans and Dallas. Uh, Mav, what do you think? This is hard. Uh, I think the 49ers could very well make the NFC championship again. I think – like I said, if it just comes down to if the Bucks click, I think if the Bucks click, they would make the NFC Championship. But like I said, I can also see New Orleans. I could also see um, the Seahawks. Even still, if they if Russell Wilson just goes on a, an incredible run, David, uh, I would have uh, just off going off uh, split second. I'll say Saints. My gut tells me Saints, but it's like every year something happens that's and it's nuts. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so funny. Something happens that nobody could have ever predicted. And it, it's like it's just like the Saints thing to happen. Man, NFC. Mm, I don't think anybody from the NFC South. I don't think anyone from the NFC East. I really don't think anybody from the NFC North. Who's the NFC West again? Is it Seahawks? Mm-hmm. Seahawks, Seahawks, Niners. Niners. Or, oh, man, I don't like any of them. Jesus. Um, you know, I'll say Cowboys. No, because I picked the Giants to win the division. <laughs> I can't do that. 
I'll say uh, I'll be basic and I'll say I'll say Niners. I'll say Niners. I think we get a Kansas City Niners rematch in this in the Super Bowl. I think the Cowboys are coming out of the NFC. I also think that Dak Prescott wins MVP because it's one of the ones where it's like we don't want to give Patrick Mahomes MVP two years in a row, so we're going to give it to someone else. Um, I'm very high on the Cowboys this year. I think um, I really think they're going to be really good and a really fun team to watch. But that's the NFL. Um, we did it. We previewed the season. How much research research have we done? Um, it's varied (laughs) i have a fantasy draft tonight and i still need to do my research we're we're doing our brother or itb draft tomorrow it's going to be exciting gotta do maybe doing a never made varsity league keep an eye out on it yeah Um, good luck to everyone in your fantasy endeavors i will keep my fantasy endeavors to the um books that i'm reading (laughs) i'll be going for my seventh fantasy league championship this year I think I only have two. That's fine. All right, y'all. Is it time to go? I think it is. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Never Meet Varsity. Catch us probably questing the next time you hear us. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.